Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. You know, I just loved it. And uh, just, you know, I'm, we'll get into the message in a second, but just it's, it's always good. Uh, I love that you said you know, hadn't, we hadn't really prayed out loud, you know, too, and then you went to cherish prayer and Mike hadn't really, you know, prayed. There, there are different kinds of prayer, different kinds of prayer. I, I wrote a book on prayer called Push, Pray Until Something Happens. And, and, and prayer, yes, absolutely, correctly, prayer is intimacy with God, but that is only an aspect of, of prayer. It's only an aspect of prayer. I'm at the place in my life where I know that, that if I need something that shifts, uh, I need something to shift, excuse me, the answer is prayer. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is not incidental. Uh, Jesus was teaching and he said, you know, fathers, fathers, if your son comes and asks for you for, uh, you know, a piece of bread, which one of you dads would give him a stone? <laughs> They're like, what? It's abhorrent to us. He said, all right, if your son asked for an egg, who would give him a serpent? What are you talking about? He says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father? And he's teaching that because people think, well, you know, prayer, at the end of the day, God's a little bit of a maverick. You know, he's sovereign. He just does whatever the heck he, he, no, he's invited you to pray. He's invited you to pray. He's invited you to pray. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is a medium. John Wesley said this, that God does nothing except in response to prayer. Calvinists hate, hate, hate that statement, but it's the truth. Now, let me just go one step further, just because I want to tie a bow on that and use it as a great teaching moment. What, what uh, beautiful Pastor Katie and beautiful Pastor Mike were doing on this platform when they were praying, they were praying with authority. Yes. They were praying with authority. Let me just say this. When, when you're, you're praying, God is not the only person in the equation. Prayer is the human stepping into the spiritual realm, you, you, are not, you are not an animal. You are, we are like the animals that we were created from the dust. But God breathed into us the breath of life so that we could have a spiritual. The Bible says God created the angels with the breath of his mouth. So the angels are spirits. They have no, they have no flesh. So they live in the, the spiritual realm. They live in the heavenly realm, but, but they, they're not flesh. The animals are flesh, but they have no access to the spirit. Man operates in a duality. That we, we walk in the earth, we are of the earth, but God breathed into us a spirit so we can engage in the spiritual realm. When, when you pray, yes, you are praying to God, but there's also in prayer where you are going into spiritual warfare that Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus says, behold, I give you authority. Yeah. 
over all the power of the enemy. It wasn't because he was bored. It wasn't because he had nothing to do and he's like, ah, I feel like giving you He gave us authority because you're meant to understand that, that there are forces in this world arrayed against you that will kick you down, knock you down, push you down, hold you down, keep you down, unless you learn what beautiful Pastor Katie modeled up here. I'm just so grateful for the great pastors that, that are the campus pastors here of praying with authority. Take authority over the devil. Take authority. That's why Jesus gave us authority. So let me tell you what kind of prayers we don't pray. And just, just so you know, um, what I, what, uh, it's really funny. Every week at our staff meeting, we have interns that get up to pray and I'm listening to the prayer. Probably the, the, my number one litmus test on a person's maturity is how they pray. I listen to how they pray. So let me tell you, uh, this is how we don't pray. And if you pray like this, slap yourself, slap it out of you. But we don't, we don't pray like this. Lord, we just ask that you would just, and we just, because, you know, we just, because, you know, I don't want to bother you, God, because I know you probably got a lot on. Like, you know, when I look at what's happening in, like, Russia and, you, and you know, and, and China and, and Africa, so we just, we just ask that we just, no, 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 uh, a, a false humility. It, it comes out of a, a, an overworked sincerity. God, God does love sincerity, but, but it doesn't say the prayer of sincerity will save the sick. It says the prayer of faith will save the sick. Elijah didn't pray on a mountain sincerely. He travailed in prayer until his eyes saw what his spirit had heard. And so just, I need you to understand that, you know, we're, we're trying to get some power and authority to you. It's really important. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Now that I've offended half the room, may I just say how awesome it is. I could not be more proud of the Dunn family. You know, you guys have just been working so hard, so extraordinary. And beautiful Dr. Lisa is, is pointing at her handsome husband who has been voted the most handsome drummer of uh, the hero of the rock musical. Uh, he did tell me yesterday that he's the only drummer, but hey, that's beside the point. And, uh, and then Ethan is just extraordinary. You know, I, I've got a feeling that there's three Ethans that they've hidden the other two. I'm not sure where they are because how he does all the things that he does and still stands and smiles and worships. There's gotta be, there's triplets, but we only get to see one at a time possibly. And then the other day, Dr. Lisa gives me this extraordinary book called Outsourced, The Education of Our Children. It's an extraordinary, and, and the girl has started a university. She is the, literally the, the engineer and the uh, innovation and the entrepreneur behind our Awaken Academy. She is, an ex and then she writes, I'm like, they're not even real. They're not even real. They have the most beautiful daughter who's gifted, talented. What a family. Come on, can we just, just take a moment just to honor this amazing family? God bless you. We love the Dunn family. We love you. And I know it's a little awkward, but sometimes you just need it. Sometimes it's good. It's sometimes it's good. Uh, all right, come with me in your Bibles. Um, I've got three points, and I did get through them just. 
in the last one, but um, I'm gonna do a better job this time. So the title of my message today, because it's a week after Easter, is Why Jesus Came. Why Jesus Came. Last week was Easter. We had Good Friday on Friday, then Easter Sunday on Sunday. So come with me in your Bibles. John chapter 1, verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29 says this. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Up until that time, Jesus was known as the carpenter or the carpenter's son. John the Baptist is is baptizing people in the Jordan River. And as Jesus is walking towards him, because he's under the anointing, because he's under the anointing, his eyes are able to see beyond the apparent, beyond the obvious. His eyes are able to see beyond the humanity and the earthly history of the context of who was walking towards him. Jesus was the carpenter's son, the son of Joseph the carpenter. But, but, but John sees the purpose of God. This is very important because the, 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 the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is not an it and he is not a force. I, 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 find, I, I, I find myself, even sometimes some of our, our pastors or leaders will say, yeah, you know, and it's here, the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh, he's not an it. He's a he. He's a person. He's the person of the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And, and he, he doesn't live in time. You and I live in time. He lives outside of time. And he's a revealer of heavenly things. You need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will show you your life through a heavenly lens, through a heavenly perspective. So, so anybody that was standing there, Pastor Micah, that day when John's baptizing people saw the carpenter's son walk towards him. But because John's under the anointing, he looks and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The, 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 the Jewish, the Jewish uh, law showed that because of sin, because of transgression, the high priest would have to bring a lamb, an innocent lamb, a one-year-old lamb without blemish, without spot, without defect. And they had to, they would put the lamb on an altar. The high priest would lean onto the lamb or place his hand on the lamb's head. And then he would confess the sins of the people. And then the lamb would be slaughtered, its blood, its innocent blood would be shed so that its, its innocence would be transferred to the nation of Israel and their guilt, their sin, their wickedness would be transferred. There was an exchange that was made on that altar where their evil went onto the lamb and it, was, it died because the wages of sin is death, but the innocence of the lamb was now given to Israel so that they could continue to walk with God's blessing rather than God's judgment. So I need you to understand last week was Good Friday. We had Good Friday. And if you're anything like me growing up, I used to wonder why on earth you would call it Good Friday. You've got an innocent man nailed to a cross. You've got a miracle worker who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressive. The devil, how on earth are you crazy Christians calling that good? Like it's your hero nailed to a cross. 
But what wasn't good for Jesus maybe was good for us. See, to, to do good, it actually will cost you something. To, to do good. You know, you, you, you walk past and they're raising money for an orphanage, it's, it's gonna cost you. God was showing that there's no, there's no price too high. There's no requirement too great. And there's no length to which I will not go to bring you life. I would rather die on a cross than live for all eternity without you in my family. God knows that he has to model good. He has to get lead by example, so he hangs on a cross. But I need you to understand that Jesus died on the Friday and he said, it is finished on the Friday because Jesus took the handwriting of the law that condemned us and having nailed it to the cross, it is now covered with his blood. We have forgiveness from sin. Sin is the malady that destroys everything it touches. Adam and Eve were in a perfect paradise garden until sin came in. Sin didn't improve their status. Sin didn't improve their environment. Sin didn't improve or enhance their lifestyle. It didn't give them a zing. It didn't give them a zest. It didn't give them some pizzazz. Sin caused their eviction from a garden. Sin made life harder. Sin made life more difficult. Sin brought all kinds of curses into the earth. Sin caused there to be sweat caused there to be division, caused there to be chaos. It was sin that robbed them from life and never brought life. The devil is a genius marketing PR campaign guy because he will market to you stuff that is gonna kill you, that's gonna ruin your relationships, ruin your future, ruin your life, ruin your mental health, and he tells you, take this, it is good, it is life enhancing. I gotta tell you something. I am so grateful that Jesus died on the cross because I could not and would not make it to heaven without what Jesus did on the cross. The reason Jesus came was he came to be the lamb, the innocent lamb that would be exchanged. The cross is exactly that, is a place where God crosses out all my sin, all my transgression. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our sin from us. The reason it doesn't say as far as the north is from the south. The reason it says the east is from the west is because the north and south actually have fixed points. The earth has a north pole and it has a south pole. There, is an, there are identifiable north, and when you go over that, you're now heading south. But the east and the west, there's no east pole and there's no west pole. So God uses as far as the east is from the west, limitless, infinite. So far have I removed your sin, your transgressions from you. Uh, I gotta tell you, I've, I've given a lot of sins. I'd like to say all, oh, I haven't really, but I've given most a good shot. <laughs> Can't believe that Pathur would say that. Well, the, the, human, the reason Jesus came was to die for our sins. So let's talk about it. So here's what the devil never told me. He always tells you, hey, no one's looking. This will... This will give you a hip, this will give you a buzz, this will give you a pleasure fix, this will give you, go ahead. And, you, and you're like, oh, really? No. It's, 
Are you sure? Uh, I thought it was. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not bad. You deserve it. I deserve it. You mean what? You know what? I think you're right. And so, and as soon, I'm not sure if you ever. And it's always sweet at first. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, I feel sick. But you know what he doesn't tell you? That sin has siblings. It's never just the sin. All of a sudden you look around and there's guilt, shame, condemnation, remorse, regret, loss. And then you look down there and there's death walking with these little. You're like, what the shit? You never told me about. Oh, I forgot to mention that, didn't I? The devil is a liar. He's not just a loser, he's a lying loser. But all of us, and let me tell you, sin is, the, 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 the root of sin is selfishness. If you say to me, hey, pastor, I think I'm dating like my soulmate. How do I ruin it? How do I screw it up? I'd say it's simple, just be selfish. Pastor, you know, we're celebrating our, our first year of marriage. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, any advice for a second, uh, second year? Yeah, just learn that marriage is to teach you that you're selfish. The more selfish, the more miserable. The less selfish, the more happy. No, hang on, that doesn't work. No, 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 you don't understand. Like, no, I've, I've, I've got to feed first. Like, I've got to get my needs met first, then I'll be happy. Really? Eh, you don't know the Scriptures, my friend. You'll actually find, Jesus says, if you lose your life, you'll find it. But whoever tries to find his life ends up losing it. Giving your life away, putting somebody else ahead of you, being selfless is the key to joy. They even say joy is Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Jesus came to atone for your sin. He came, so on Good Friday, it was Good Friday because it was good for us because on an altar, we may call it a cross. The Romans called it their, 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 their capital punishment method, the crucifixion. But God knew that it was an altar where He would put His lamb, his innocent lamb. And the reason it went dark from the 12th hour, from 12 o'clock noon or from the sixth hour, which is 12 noon, until the ninth hour, three in the afternoon, the reason it did that is because God was leaning on his son and putting on the head, putting on the weight of his, of his son, all the sins of not just Israel, but the sins of the world were placed upon him. There was no eclipse that day, but there was darkness that fell on the land. That's why the Roman centurion that watched Jesus die, this is what he does multiple times a day, every day. That's what a Roman executioner does. But when Jesus died, he said, surely this, an unbelievable, unbelieving pagan Gentile says, surely this was the Son of God when he watched the way that Jesus died on the cross because God put your sin and my sin upon the Christ and so that sin power is broken. Can somebody say amen? So can I just tell you that that sin, while it promises to enhance, the reason Jesus died is to deal with sin. Deal with sin. Well, we shouldn't talk about sin because you make you know um, non-Christians feel uncomfortable. Well, then what, the, what do we talk about then? I'm going to talk about that because it's jacking your life up. It's sin, the wages of sin is death. 
It never produces life. It never enhances. It never, it never delivers what it promises. It always robs from you. The greatest thing you can do with sin is repent of it. The greatest thing you can find is forgiveness, is atonement, is cleansing, is being delivered from it. It is the greatest feeling in the world to be clean before a holy God. That's what Jesus does. Now, let me just say this. The Bible says in Galatians 5, it says that the flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so you don't end up doing the things that you're with. So till Jesus splits the sky, you and I are living in a body. This fleshly body goes all the way back to Adam, the first man. So unfortunately, you, you, you have imprinted in your DNA, in your genetic code, the history of Adam, of Adam. And so until Jesus splits the sky, you and I will live in a conflict. We'll live in a conflict. Your, your flesh will desire selfishness, sinful. That, that's just, I never had to teach my kids how to sin. I never had to teach them how to be selfish. Never had to teach them how to not share their toys. Never had to teach them how to snatch toys from their younger siblings. I never had to teach them how to bully. I never had to teach them how to you know, fight in the back of the car, you know, on the way to church where he touched me. No, he touched And they're fighting in the back and I'm gonna come back and I'll touch both of you. Right on the, you know, and um, never had to teach him any of that. Never had to teach him how to lie. You were caught red-handed. I didn't do it. Yeah, we saw you do it. It wasn't me, it was him. It wasn't him. Never had to teach him that. Jesus died to take away sin. That's why it's Good Friday. Because on Good Friday, God extracted all of our sin and He placed it upon His only begotten Son who on the cross absorbed your sin, your judgment, my sin, my judgment on the cross so that every violation, every transgression, every sin, every iniquity could be broken so that I could be set free from the wages of sin, that I could have a life that is above that. But until Jesus splits the sky, I live with the memory, I live with the DNA bent and biased towards that. But the beautiful thing is when you receive Christ, you receive His Spirit and His Spirit helps you produce holiness. He's a holy spirit. That's what He produces. And so you find that inside of you, there's this conflict now. However, it's not just a conflict. The conflict is good. The conflict is a sign because I remember when I, when I first got saved, Pastor Mike, the things that I thought were normal, now all of a sudden I'm like, man. And the only way I could describe it was like my conscience was dead and my conscience came alive like man what am I and that's a beautiful thing the Holy Spirit but until Jesus splits the sky we're always going to have some conflict we're always going to have some battle that's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 it says that when when Jesus returns he says that we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye he says because corruption must put on incorruption he says the perishable must put on imperishable Human has to put on divine. So he says, and I tell you a mystery, brothers. We won't all sleep. We won't all die before Jesus comes back. There are some who are alive. But he says, I certainly want you to know that those who have fallen asleep and those who are alive will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. But when he comes back, shout of the archangel, those in the graves will rise up and we will be changed with them and we'll go up into the clouds. Right now, you and I can't travel up in the clouds because of this. But the, the new body, the new 2.0 of you has not only a six pack, thank you, Jesus. And you can eat pizza. And in fact, pizza enhances the six pack. Gloria a Dios. And, uh, but 
you can meet him in the, in the air. Come on, you're going to be like Superman. How cool is that? Jesus died for sin. Number two, 1 John 3, 8 says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Have a look what it says. It says, he who sins is of the devil. So sin basically puts you in a camp, whether you wanna be in that camp or not is irrelevant. Sin is like you put on that, that's the strip you're putting on, well, that's your team. Oh, I wanna be part of that team, well then stop. It's pretty simple. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So last Sunday, we celebrated Easter Sunday. So, so we know on Friday, Adrian, Jesus said it is finished. When he was hanging on the cross, it is finished. And it was finished. The, the, the judgment towards man for their sin was finished. That part was finished. But Jesus was put in a tomb and while his body was in the tomb, his spirit laden down with your sin and my sin didn't go to heaven because sin can't go into heaven. So he went down to hell. Peter says that he preached in hell to those who disobeyed long ago at the time of the flood. And Jesus, Jesus goes into hell and we tell it so brilliantly in Hero where he crushed the devil's head, took the keys of death, took the keys of hell and then rose again on the third day. The reason Jesus rose from the grave and the reason we don't celebrate only Good Friday, the reason we celebrate... Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.